This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. What a week it's been. Some big news. The biggest, of course, was the announcement, the tweet announcement of Nigel Pearson that featured our logo, which I was very, very surprised and very happy about. I I was in the gym working out, working hard, and uh, came out to find lots of notifications on my phone. Um, A lot of them just saying, the announcement's been made, you better watch it. And lo and behold, our logo appears in what was an absolutely fantastic tweet. Really original. And congratulations to the BCFC social media team for that one. But Matt, you're with me as always. Matt, what were your thoughts on that tweet? Yeah, morning, Patch. Um, brilliant. I, I just thought it was hilarious. Um, um, I watched it and, and because obviously I was watching it quite intently, I thought, that was our logo then. And then you kind of realised, so I, I, I went back to it. But yeah, I mean, a really funny piece of, you know, media posting, wasn't it? And uh, yeah, I thought it was brilliant. The way they did it, it was fantastic. And it just shows to me that, um, you know, there is there is fan engagement. There is that going forward, we will be more involved in, you know, the communication with fans and things like that. So uh, I thought it was fantastic. And uh, again, you know, big thanks to... Yeah. to the club for doing it but um the announcement itself matt it's um it's something that we expected uh around this time maybe a week before who knows um but obviously yeah, the interview with steve lansdowne he did say a few weeks until the announcement we made and, and that's basically what's happened so so no massive surprise for me in terms of him getting that three-year deal but it just sort of it cements the position now and it enables the the ball to start rolling on contract negotiations backroom staff and it just gives us that that um you know cemented position doesn't it yeah it does um it, it's funny patch i mean we, we've been very vocal in our support of nigel pearson um but he's won two games out of 12 performances have probably dipped since dean holden left you know you can't you can't say that he's come in and made a massive change to style but Again, he's had to be playing youngsters regularly. Um, so you, you just can't, you know, you can't attach anything to that, I don't think. Um, I love the way that he speaks. I thought the the interview from him was um, inspiring, really, as a fan. You kind of thought, he's determined to get us where we want to be, where Steve Lansdowne wants us to be. But he also set some expectations. You know, we're not going to have a massive turnover in the summer. Um, you know, we've got to be realistic, but it's a, a process. And yeah, I'm 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 over the moon. And and I think when you read, I don't know, obviously we've got the social media ban at the moment, but when you read the posts that have gone on there, I'd say a good 90 plus percent of City fans are delighted with it um and think it's the right move. So yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I was um chatting to my father-in-law, who's a, a big gas head, and he cannot believe that he's got the contract um based on his last sort of 12 results. Um Does he feel the same about Joey Barton? <laughs> well, I don't know. I didn't get around to asking him, not bothered. Yeah. Um, but in terms of, of of Nigel Pearson getting that job, if it was anyone else and they'd had that run in, 
you know, if it was um, one of the other names that was touted around. Um, well, Michael Appleton, take take Michael Appleton. If exactly you know, an appointment that not everyone was would have been keen on Mark Robbins. Yeah, I, I, you're spot on. I think it's because it's the man that he is, the stature that he's got, the pedigree. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. And and it is a, you know, he he knows himself. He's under pressure, and I think he talked about in the interview that you know he, he accepts that and and expects that. But um, you also have to say that. He quite rightly pointed out, we've got a lot of players, you know, you've said it, Patch, I think only last week, Andy Vyman, Callum O'Dayla, Jada Silva. Just those three players alone add something to our, our starting lineup, you know. But we've also got the advantage that we've blooded some youngsters this season that potentially are ready to go out on loan quicker than they would have been or may even contribute, you know, within the club next season. So, yeah, it's... Uh, and as, as I've said, Matt, you, you have to sometimes take two steps backwards to take three steps yeah. forwards. And this is a reset. Yeah. This is a turn the computer off, turn it back on, fire it yeah. back up again. The the last, I, I haven't shared that opinion with, with you know, what the father-in-law said on the previous 12, appearance, 12 um, games because he, we've had nothing to play for apart from yeah. getting those points to get the safety. Players out of contract. There's probably a bit of a toxic atmosphere in some some quarters of the dressing room. Um, yeah. You've got to now judge him on the next season, having a couple of transfer windows. He's great that he's blooded in the youngsters. They've got some experience. You know, 60%, 70% of them might will go out on loan now next season. Yeah. Um, and interesting to see where they are. But we'll also be watching them with a lot more interest now that we've seen them in the first team. You get some of these players that go out on loan to, you know, Southend, wherever. Um, and, and we've never seen them. So we've got no yeah. sort of expectation of them. But now we've seen them, we'll be watching their their career, their next season with more interest, won't we? Yeah. And, and I think when you look at the likes of Tommy Conway, who, who you know, we, we were fortunate enough to see live last week and the runs that he was making really intelligent. You've got Sam Bell, who every pro that I've heard talk about Sam Bell talks about what a finisher he is. Um, and then you've got Alex Scott, which we saw a glimpse of last week. And I kind of wonder whether he might be the Lloyd Kelly of the pack, where actually we don't let him go on loan and we want him in and around the first team group. Um, but it's, it's a really good point about the reset patch. And I think the big thing for me um and it's been talked about, but not not really in any great shakes, is it's a three-year contract. They've come out and said it's three years, which sets an expectation that, you know, we're not expecting a, a short-term fix here. We're expecting it to take a little bit of time. Um, you know, he's we've already started from a club point of view, and whether it was a, a purely club decision or because um, Andrew Rolls is, is going to go on to Ipswich. But, you know, that start, start of the process has started as well. You're going to get a new CEO, director of football, whoever it is coming in, working with Nigel. And then he's also going to bring in whatever staff he wants. And I think it's, it's interesting. And I've not I've not seen it. I've watched the interviews and I've read the, and I don't know if you've seen anything, but other than Gregor making a comment, I've not seen anyone officially saying that Keith Downing and Paul Simpson will be part of that team. Um, and I'm surprised the media haven't asked that, if I'm honest. Yeah, I, I haven't. Uh, I think I just saw it in some reports, but nothing official from the club. And and it yeah. might just be that they are staying, you know, for the for the, for now for 
preseason. Obviously, you want you want to get yeah. if you're getting new people in, you want to get them in for preseason so they can get used yeah. to them. But it's really interesting, you know, bringing back up what I said last week about those players that are out of out out of contract that are injured and some out of contract. Yeah. Um, that once you get that spine of the team and and add some knobs and whistles around it, then you've got Bentley. Callas and you know Baker. Hope I'm hoping that he stays as that as that sort of spine. Then you've got your Walsh and Williams as well um, with Backinson for cover potentially. Um, then Masengo. and Masengo. You've got that yeah. that that spine either side of that. You've got Calamo Dowder. You know up top is is the concern for me. Yeah. Losing Famara, which we still don't know for sure, but looking like it. But you've got Wells, the predator finisher, if he plays in the right position. And don't forget Chris Martin as well, how well he started the season. If if Nigel Pearson can get that form back and maintain it, then you've got you've got the two up front already. Um, but I I I think we'll be wanting to add some more firepower, more strength uh, and pace yeah. up the I, top. I, but that spine yeah, there, if if you're able to keep them fit, you just build on that. It's 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 a it's an exciting season for me. Well, absolutely. And I think if you can, um, if we can sort out those kind of injury problems that we've had, as you said, Chris Martin, I mean, Patch, we were talking about, and, and I can't even remember when the season started now, but I don't know, six weeks, two months into the season, we were talking about him being the find of the season, the player of the season, the bargain of the season, all of those, you know, um, comments were being made. And yes, he had a dip and obviously he's then got injured. Similarly with Andy Vyman at the start of the season, you know, and I, I know it was only a few games, but he was flying. Um, Callum O'Dowda seems to get back to proper match fitness, really making a contribution. And then he gets injured and that's, that's been kind of constant. And then you've got the likes of, you know, Pato, you know, is, is Jamie Patterson going to be someone that Nigel Pearson looks at in, um, you know, the, the, the Nathan Baker one, I think is interesting. Um, if they weren't looking at him, wanting him to stay, looking at co- the contract, would you have bothered playing him last week, bringing him on? You know, what? where's the, we don't, we didn't need to win. And it's almost what, what, you know, why would you do that? So we spoke about um, relationships on the podcast in the midweek. We yeah. have uh, Mickey Bell and Brian Tinian, and he even intimated himself that, that because of the number of substitutions, the number of squad players, yep. the, num- the the amount of rotation, you don't see relationships like Mickey Bell and Brian Tinian anymore. But no. with Cal- Callas and Baker, they have got the relationship. They're very close, aren't they? Yeah, very yeah. close. Um, you know, room together, etc. I just w- I just hope that 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 does stick. Um, yeah. Callas and Baker both stay fit, which which is al- always a bit of a problem because Callas is a cam- kamikaze over the top and breaks his collarbone, and and Nathan yeah. Baker is is a, a Sean Taylor in a tackle. So, um, yeah. but if, if if they can stay fit, and then you can add someone else in there for cover, um, then then that then that's that's a great start for me. Um, no, completely, yeah. yeah, yeah. So so just going through some of the points from the interview. Um, mm. He was asked about has he sought assurances about you know um, how much money he can have in the transfer market and all of that sort of stuff, um, and he hasn't. But he says he's got a clear idea of how to get from point A to point B. Um, and I think Steve Lansdowne and John will be happy that there's a a, a plan that that yeah. they can see that that we're working towards over the over the coming months. Yeah, and and I think it, it's like anything, isn't it? So sometimes having a 
a manager that that um represents the fans in, in so much as what and what I mean by that is that he says what we all feel is fans. So Nigel Pearson's come out and talked about our fragility, the mental toughness, um, the the sort of physicality and and almost not not disputing the injuries, but almost kind of implying that we are quite frail and actually maybe our fitness wasn't what it should have been. Um, and the fact that he's coming out saying he knows what he needs. Um, yes, he's identified it. He's already working on it. We know, and and I don't I don't care what a lot of other fans might think of it. Steve Lansdowne backs his managers. We've spent an awful lot of money. You look at the money that Lee Johnson spent, and you know Ian Gay um, on the Forever Bristol. He he regularly would call out how much money had been spent, um, and it's millions and millions. You know, far more than lots of clubs in our division and even those that have come down from the Prem, you know, didn't spend that kind of money. Um, so Steve Lansdowne will absolutely back Nigel Pearson, but Nigel Pearson also knows that he has got a nucleus of a good squad. You know, we have because that squad, and I know we've lost those big players like Webster, Brian, Reed, but that squad had been in and around the playoffs for the last three, four seasons up until Christmas. And I genuinely believe Nigel Pearson will get the right players in with the right toughness the right team behind him, that that won't be the case. But I'd also say, don't let's expect at the start of next season, we're at the top or we're in the playoffs. You look at Brentford, the last couple of years, Thomas Franks, they've started off pretty poorly. But again, he's had a plan. He knows what he wants to do. And it's a, a long race, isn't it? And if, if we could start the season like we finish it and end the season like we start it, happy days isn't it I was just going to say that there's going to be that expectation undoubtedly from from the City fan base that we do hit the ground running Um, and you know we've got if we're getting some players in they're going to take time to to, to bed in Um, yeah so it's one of those ones where let's fast forward to this time next year if we are in the top half of the table and we've been putting in performances and getting beat or, or getting draws but putting in performances, unlike we've seen for the last couple of months where there's been a lack of almost desire on the pitch, yeah. then we should be happy. We should be happy. We can see that he's he's making the right steps forward. He's trying to get from point A to point B. But, you know, it is a three-year project. You don't get a three-year deal if you're going to get promotion in the first season. Obviously, that is a, a goal. But he said in his interview, if not next season, the season after is when we'll yeah. be looking to get to the Premier League. But we just need that stability to to rebuild. This is a rebuild. This is a reset, as I've said. So he needs that time, doesn't he? He does. And, and it feels as though um, you've got a, ma- a manager that is his own man. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Trino, who I go to football with, um, hasn't hasn't appreciated um that's the wrong word but didn't want lee johnson's manager didn't want dean holden his manager because quite rightly and a lot of the fan base will say um there's that yes man tag that you know they they bowed down to mark ashton or bowed down to steve there's no way nigel pearson will not be doing things the nigel pearson way he's just not that sort of man you know yes he will work and i think it's quite funny john john lansdowne in his interview kind of made a, a comment around um Nigel's sort of persona isn't necessarily what you might have expected or sort of seen before. So they're, they're obviously going to work quite closely. Um, he, he's also referenced Mark Ashton in, and, you know, Nigel Pearson working closely with him at the moment. But I think you've now got someone in charge that the whole fan base thinks, yeah, this is a bloke that can do it. 
yes, there are some that are doubting it because of the record. But like I said, you can't you can't attach anything to those twelve games. For me, we've got safe now, as you said, Patrick, and I've always said this: it's about improvement season on season, and that's why Lee Johnson had to go for me because we we went from improving to then going backwards, and once you start that backward trend. That's where you need to change it. Danny Wilson, I always thought was unlucky because I always said he got us sort of, I don't know what it was, seventh. Then it was into the playoffs. Then it was the playoff final. I'd love to have seen Danny Wilson the following season to see where we would have gone. Um, so that's, I think, as fans, first and foremost, that's what you want, but you want to be entertained. And let's be fair about it. We've not been entertained at all, really, this season, have we? No, no. Um, um, yeah. in, in splashes, but uh, but not, not much further than yeah. that. Um, there was a shout for for the podcast in the interview as well because um, mm. Gregor asked. Steve mentioned recently on the podcast about looking for outside investment. Is there anything advanced on that? And you know, John didn't give many much in the way of detail, but did say that to get to that next level, sometimes you do need that extra investment, and that's exactly what Steve said, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And and you've only got to look at you know, and I'm not comparing us to the the Man Cities and the Liverpools, but. All, all clubs need the right investment and, and we've been really fortunate with Steve Lansdowne but to take us to the next level and because of where Steve is in his life and, and everything else obviously he's looking for that investment I don't think Steve would sell us down the river to um, you know some foreign consortium that are going to look to build houses on Ashton Gate and you know we end up playing on the Danes or something you know I think he would he's got that <laughs> commitment to Bristol yeah he's got that <laughs> commitment to Bristol sport hasn't he so he he wants us to be successful and and anybody who dates it you know is wrong and just as a little footnote a, a friend of the show Dell um had mentioned to me as well he's he's had numerous conversations with with Pat Lamb who's a, a neighbor and Pat Lamb speaks really highly of Nigel Pearson um, you know, and that that again, you're talking about a man at the very top of his game at the club also recognises just what Nigel Pearson can bring. But fundamentally, Patch, the proof will be in the pudding because, um, you know, if we start off really badly and it doesn't improve and the football doesn't improve and we've got new signings and they've not made a difference, then obviously it's a results business, isn't it? So fans will start. But I'd like to think, I mean, it'd be great to think we'll be in the stadium for the start of the season. And it would be great to see Nigel on the sidelines with his arms folded and a team playing attacking football, which is what his Leicester team did. They were they were solid, of course, and they had strong foundations. And you've you've said it, Patch, they had the spine of Schmeichel, Morgan, um, Drinkwater, Vardy, you know, they and the little bits of Ante, what do you call it? Morris. Bells and whistles, or yeah, exactly. So all of those players, and that's I think that's a really, really key bit is the recruitment um and understanding. Who's going to be doing that now with, with Marcus? Now I know there's a recruitment team, but you know if if we can sprinkle that little bit of gold in there, we have got some very good players. Um, and you know yourself from playing patch, confidence is a massive part of the game. If you're on a run, look at Barnsley. Barnsley aren't the greatest squad, and they're in the playoffs because they've had a run of games. They've played a certain style and kept to that style. And every player you look seems really confident. Mm. What do you what do you see or what do you want to happen with regards to the Mark Ashton position? Um, and obviously, he was asked about whether he should be placed on garden leave or anything like that, and he, he clearly didn't see it as an issue. So, you know, yeah. you have to you have to trust in that decision. But what do you want to see in there? Do you want to see a director of football role or a, a like for like replacement? 
I guess in some respects, you know, I think Mark Ashton was all of the above. Um, you know, what what is the difference between a CEO and a director of football? You'd like to think that the CEO would do more of the business and not as much on the football. Um, but Mark Ashton seemed to have as much to do with the football, didn't he? So I'd, I'd like to see a director of football come in that can support Nigel Pearson um, and, and potentially, you know, deal with the contracts. But it's got to be the manager that identifies players. You could almost argue, though, that 10 years down the line, Nigel Pearson is a director of football. You know, he yeah. is he is someone who will, will go into that role. And yeah. let's hope that we get success with, with him for Bristol City. And he just steps upstairs at some point yeah. um, in, the, yeah. you know, far in the future and brings someone else in who who he trusts. And then that relationship gets built and, and you know, season on season, uh, they, they continue to add to that. But yeah, it's an interesting yeah. one. And I, I, I wait to see sort of what happens there because you, you, you do need someone who is going to take some of that, some of that responsibility from Nigel in terms, in terms of going out and finding those players and going and sitting with their parents or whatever. And yeah. And, and agents and, you know, or you kind of wonder whether, um, you know, I, I listen to Tins and you sort of think with Tins, and I'm not, and I'm not saying he should be the director of football, but you know, if he comes in your house and talks about signing and stuff, you know, he, he's so passionate about it, and that's what you want. I think Mark Ashton, for all of his pluses, and there were pluses, he, he does come across as a a politician, and you wouldn't necessarily trust the words that come out of his mouth, and that's obviously quite disparaging, and and I've got no foundation of that, but that's the impression that you get. Whereas Nigel Pearson, definitely, you believe everything he says. He's very measured with what he says. Um, but, you know, you want someone that you can work with. Steve Walsh has been talked about, the, the guy from, um, he's, he's offshore now, he's in the States, I think, at um, a university. Um, but he's been mentioned, has obviously worked with him before. People have sort of talked about Richard Scudamore from Premier League, but I'm sure I read that he got a five million payoff bonus I'm not sure I'd want to be coming in and sitting down with agents and dealing with all of that sort of rubbish. If could, I'm, um, I mean, there's still, there's still, there's still hope for me with Richard Scudamore, not in a director of football role, but maybe in like a non-exec director role. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th I think the, the latest name was um, Richard Gould, Bobby Gould's son, who was at Somerset um, and is now at Surrey, I think. Mm. Um, but his name's been talked about, but you know, at the end of the day, they will get somebody in, I'm sure, you know, with Steve's um, living in Jersey and, you know, John, John doing what he's doing as well from a business point of view. Um, they will need someone who can focus day to day and they need someone who, again, for all of the criticisms, Mark Ashton, everybody knows worked tirelessly down there. Um, you know, it, it's Steve Lansdowne wouldn't come out and say that sort of stuff. John Lansdowne wouldn't have said, like you said yesterday, Patch, that it's not an issue for them because they trust him completely. Um, I'm not saying that's naive. They, they they know far more about business than I do, but it's unusual in that role for, for someone not to be put on guard and leave. It's unusual that he's dealing with contracts and things like that, isn't it? So, um, yeah, the sooner that gets sorted, the better as well, really. And all of it become clear in two weeks, really, when it once the season finishes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I've just scanning through the interview and uh, he, he actually does mention about the Wolf of Wall Street in there. Uh, and he said, oh, uh, does it? Yeah, Nigel, you've obviously had a run in with Wolves in the past and the Wolf oh, of right. Wall Street. I didn't make that connection, to be fair. That's, that makes it even cleverer. Um, yeah. I'm not used... sure it was Wolves, actually, with what well, he says. I'm sure he, he said it was a pack of say. dogs, but yeah. yeah, yeah. 
he says, was used in the announcement video. Did you have any say yeah. in that being put together? I've never had a run-in with wolves. Never. Only dogs. Let's try. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I was sure I'd seen that reported, but yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, I mean, it was br- It was like, you know, you, you called it right at the, the top, Patch. It was brilliant. And seeing Michelle Owen, Gregor, um, Jeff, obviously. We, Ali Durden, we sort of seeing, Yeah, Ali Durden, brilliant. The only thing is, and, and I'm really apologetic about this, I didn't recognise the face with Pat Lamb at the end. And I don't yeah. know if that's part of Pat's coaching team or... So if anybody does know who that is and can kind of tweet um, back to let us know, I'd be really interested. But yeah, I didn't didn't recognise that face. But yeah, it was good to see him. And just really cleverly done as well, wasn't it? Yeah, fantastic. I mean, Jeff... Ali, Michelle and Gregor have all been on the podcast. So uh, yes, yeah. do go back yeah. through our archives and listen to those interviews because we actually go in quite in depth into their career, their background. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, get get to know those guys a bit better. But uh, yeah, so I mean, as I said, we have we have reset. We have got a cemented position now on, on which to build. And today um, we are away to Millwall. Um, we will be looking for the team news on the app. Obviously, no tweets today, so um, you know it's. Gonna what are you be, expecting, uh, team news? Well, uh, in the in, in the interview, it says only one or two changes expected, right? okay. uh, and that that yeah. that is reliant on fitness of individuals. I expect Nathan yeah. Baker to start today, um, and I hope that Baker and Callas start the next couple of games, the next two in games. a three or a four. Um, probably in a th- probably in a three with Zach Viner. I'm right. thinking Cessnion yeah. and probably Tommy Rowe as wing backs. Um, let's wait to see what you happens. You wonder there. how close Jada Silva's back. Um, yeah, I've not seen him play player 23. I, I saw, don't think um, he'll some, risk him if he's if he's no, 50, 50. Why why would you in it at the end of the season? I saw that Cam Pring yes. um, was was back around as well. So um, well, that would be great if we can I, see him, but obviously again, not what, if he's 50-50. And it's funny, isn't it? Because we we've seen we've seen those the, the youngsters playing this season for us, but we haven't seen Campering, we haven't seen George Nurse. Um, so again, and they've played men's football, you know, at lower league. So who's to say that, that Cam doesn't come in and he's then challenging Jay? And then you've got two, you know, top fullbacks doing what you would want. So it's a shame we it's, haven't um, seen that a bit sooner because that yeah, if we get someone else in now, yeah, obviously that one of those is going to be pushed out. Uh, yeah. potentially um but yeah i i think i think i would line up three five two today um backinson probably masengo and naj in the middle and then it's got to be wells and conway again up front for me yeah yeah um it'd be interesting with famara i mean the famara one's interesting in terms of <sighs> I, everything points to the fact that he's not signing a new contract we think i mean there's you know, I've heard rumours of him moving house and things like that, but still within Bristol. Um, so you kind of think, well, why, why would you do that? But there was obviously a lot of talk in the week about a deal at Middlesbrough being lined up, and that had been talked about in January. Surely they must have an inclination of where his head's at, just as the, the, the player. You know, you'd like to think that Nigel Pearson would have that conversation. What do you want? And for me, if he's undecided, or then I wouldn't be playing him. I wouldn't be playing him because... You do want players that want to be part of what's going forward and want to, and do those, I don't know, but you'd like to think those players exist now in the modern game. Mm. Um, Again, it's going to be a yeah. massive shame that we're not going to be able to say goodbye to him. 
you know, as yeah. as fans, because he has yeah. been, you know, uh, there's a there's a bit of a split of people that you know in terms of they, what their thoughts are on on Fami, especially now. Yeah, but you can't you can't um, say that he hasn't been a bit of a cult hero amongst the fans. He's hundred percent. Yeah, he's he's the one who you would expect in the 80th minute to be rising the crowd, getting his arms yeah. going. You know, um, and. He's he's always going to be someone who's going to get you get you a goal, you know. It it is interesting, you know, and and again, money must come into the equation. Of course, it does. But if he's being offered, if rumours are true, you know, one of our best. In fact, I say rumours are true. Mark Ashton came out and said it, didn't he? He was being offered one of our best sort of ever contracts. So obviously, an increase on what he's on. He clearly loves it here. You know, the 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 sort of footage you see of him, um, you know punching his chest and all the stuff that he's done before, but maybe that's again, the modern game, you know, kissing the badge doesn't mean what you see for the likes of Lewis Carey and Scott Murray and stuff. But um, I, I, I hope he stays because I do like Fumara, but I still think we need an upgrade in that style of forward. Um, again, Nigel, I'm trying to think of the Nigel Pearson sort of Leicester team and they, they didn't, I know they had, what was the lad they had? Um, Jaro or something like that that played up alongside Vardy um, and he was a physical presence good in the air I think he did they sign him from Brighton or he went to Brighton you'd, you'd recognise him yeah, um, right. but he was mobile and I think that's where Famara um, isn't you know at the top he's, he's not very mobile in terms of closing things down he's quite easy to play around you know in, in my view so in some ways if he does go again goes back to your reset point we look at what other options we've got. Um, you know, talk of a Sombolonga. If, if Middlesbrough letting a Sombolonga go and he's not done anything, then, you know, not not for me. Um, Fletcher, funnily enough, from Middlesbrough, I did quite like him. Um, but there, there will be players out there that, you know, and, and Nigel Pearson, I'm sure, has already identified where he sees we need to improve on. But ironically, he's not, He's not seen some of the players that we've got as he played because of the injuries. So he doesn't necessarily know what we've got as well. Mm. I mean, he's a football man, so and he's worked with the likes of Chris Martin and Andy Vyman, so he knows what they're about. But yeah, Matt, that you know, I, I said it last week, Patch. For me, this is the biggest summer mm. in the last you know 10-15 years. Probably, you know, the, the the time when we maybe lost Steve Koppel and you know that decision was being made. This this feels huge. Um, and now they've done the first part right, in my opinion. It's now about getting the backroom team, the medical side of things, um, because they keep talking about the Robbins High Performance Centre, and it is all there. You know, Nigel Pearson says it. He's come from Leicester and knowing what they've got. Um, Thomas Callas has said it. So the infrastructure's there. It's now about getting it right where it matters most in it on the pitch. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, I think we'll leave it there. We um, we'll be back after a, a musical interlude with our thoughts on the Millwall game. So uh, yeah, looking looking forward to that and seeing if we get another mini bounce. <laughs> yeah, that'd be good, it? yeah, yeah, brilliant. Right, we'll be back after the break. Take care. Welcome back. Um, so yeah, that was our discussion about Nigel Pearson and the appointment. We're now post match, and we've lost four one away at Millwall. Um, it was a 
five minutes into the game, we were goal down, but we were very quickly back into it with a first goal for Tommy Conway. And uh, at that point, you thought, here we go, we're in the match. But um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. Uh, Matt, you are with me. You are back. Let's go through the starting lineup. But very quickly, we'll introduce our guest today, um, Steve Percival, City fan. How are you, Steve? I'm very good, thanks. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, and a lovely shirt you've got on there. Have you, did, you, did you manage to find your name? Uh, yes, I did. I can't read twice, actually. I couldn't find my sons on it. Um, it's it's the first time I've worn it, I've got to be honest with you. Um, and I'd like to say that it's it's shrunk a bit through the wash, but that's not the case. When I got it, it fitted fine. So I think uh, <laughs> I need to work some of this off. Lockdown has, uh, has been a dangerous time mm. for some of us. It's not been, not um, been kind to me. Absolutely. But um, Matt, talk us through the starting lineup. Obviously, the big news was Jada Silva and Lewis Britton on the bench. Yes. Yeah, I guess the other surprise was probably Max O'Leary coming in. Um, can't have been an injury, you assume, because Dan Bentley was on the bench. So that was, um, you know, a, a bit of a surprise. I think we expected Nathan Baker to probably start. Um, you called it sort of beforehand, didn't you? Mm. Um, and I guess the, the, the d- disappointment for me, and it's it's not with hindsight, because I said it, you know, when, when we saw the teams, I was disappointed that Jack Hunt, Mariapa, Rowe all started. Because um, for me, none are getting contracts. And if they are, then they must be brilliant in training and at the High Performance Centre, because Nigel Pearce must be seeing something completely different to what I've seen for most of the season. Um, but yeah, you know, great, great to see um, Jada Silva back um, and great to see Louis Britton, although he obviously, as the game panned out, didn't mm. get a chance. But um, I know Louis, um, he, he was actually in the same age group as the team that I ran um, and we played against him many a time and have to say his dedication, his dad Jeff's dedication um, in terms of his football and, you know, getting him to, to step up levels and stuff. Yeah, fair play to him, and it would have been great to see him come on. I'd love to see him feature next week. Um, you know, we know what Naki Wells is about, so let's go with Conway and Britain up front and, and see what that does. But, yeah, it was um, an interesting starting lineup. let's say. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've spoken about Max O'Leary a number of times, and uh, it was one of those ones where, again, it was no, it was, it was a surprise, but, you know, it was one of those ones where you weren't concerned. But um, we'll go through the minutes shortly um but just talking about um mariapa obviously going three five two and zach viner seemingly unavailable there's there's no one else really to go into that that's center back three is there no fair fair shape i mean you could have gone um taylor but you know again perhaps gives a bit of a, a misbalance with the the two there but interesting i've not seen anything about zach viner to know if it was a knock or something i've not i've not read any comments on it the, um, in the commentary, Toby did intimate uh, that there was a knock, and it, they, it said yeah, that Samara Tyreek didn't he? Yeah, uh, Ty- Tyreek had knock. multiple knocks, didn't he? Did apparently. He? Yeah. Um, coming to you, Steve. Your thoughts are on the starting lineup? Are you happy to see Casey Palmer back in? Uh, yeah, I thought. I thought. Yeah, it was good. It was good to see Palmer back. Um, I, I know the two of you spoke uh, quite highly of Lansbury last week, actually. So um, seeing him back in there. Um, O'Leary, as you said, a bit of a surprise. I guess Pearson's got to have a look at O'Leary. He's got to see him in a, in a match situation. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, Rowan Hunt's again in there. I think, um, you know, the team was a narrow team. 
not showing a great deal of width, although we haven't really got the wide men anyway, as we've said many times. Mm. Um, yeah, I think, you know, interesting to see the bench. Great to see JDS back, yeah. if I'm being honest. Before um, we come on yeah. to the minutes, uh, Steve, just get your thoughts on, mm. on Nigel Pearson and the fact that he's got this three-year contract off, <clears> the ba- off the back of not a great, you know, two, three months. Mm. Um, but obviously, as we've spoken just before the break, He's there for his pedigree. He's there for what he's achieved and his experience. And he's got a plan in place to get from point A to point B. But a lot of people, you know, outside of Bristol City, like, you know, I spoke about my father-in-law. He was really surprised that, that he that he got the job off the back of not a great audition, really. What are your thoughts? I don't think he's really had the personnel to stamp um, his mark on the club and how they play. Um, I think that, you know, the squad, um, has I think in general been weak this season. I don't think they performed. They um, lack discipline, um, and that showed again today. And I think I think he can only work with what he's got. Um, in terms of the three-year contracts, you know I'm optimistic about this. I, I see. Don't laugh here. I, I see some comparisons as to where Leeds were four seasons ago. You know they weren't. They didn't have a great season. I think Heckingbottom finished the finished the league off in that season having had three managers or whatever. Um, they hadn't performed well. Bielsa came in, obviously a proven manager, um, probably of a higher pedigree than, than Pearson, if I'm going to be fair, um, probably with a bit more money behind them as well. Um, but he cleared out half the squad. He got them playing a different style. He brought in hard-working, intelligent players, plus Hernandez. He, he makes a massive difference. Um, but, you know, totally transformed that club. And I think they're the benchmark that we have to work towards. Absolutely. Cool. Okay. Thanks, Steve. We'll come on to the minutes now. So uh, the fifth goal, it was a goal conceded. Jed Wallace, it was a strange sequence of events, really. Um, A handball not given. We win the ball back through Masengo, then lose the ball. And it's hit over the top. And it's three on to Jack Hunt. And to be fair, it was a superb finish from Wallace, Matt. And uh, the defence were a bit lost at sea. Yeah, I I don't know how it had developed that we had everybody apart from Jack Hunt back there. I, I don't know how that happens other than with, with what Nigel Pearson has probably talked about. We, we don't have any leaders there. We don't have anybody talking other players through. It's like, again, 11 individuals out there not operating as a team. Um, I, you can't be critical of Jack Hunt. He, he's, he's caught between a rock and a hard place and he goes to close it down. They've got an easy pass. Um, as Patch falls off his seat, <laughs> they go to close it down. He, he's got an easy pass, um, but the finish was like an arrow, wasn't it? Um, yeah, brilliant finish. I, th- I do think Max O'Leary was a slightly disappointed actually with the finish because if you see his reaction, he's sort of beating the ground, and I think that's more around his save with it and getting beat across his sort of you know to the far post. But it was a, it was a cracking finish, but defensively it was an absolute shocker. You don't. You wouldn't be surprised, Steve, if that was five minutes to go and we're losing or mm. going for a win, going yeah. for three points. Um, but you know, Baker was right next to Masengo when he lost the ball. Um, well, and- I, was, I was just yeah. So sorry, Patrick. So I was just about to mention that the fact that there was he wasn't the only one either. There's about three players within about five yards of Masengo, yeah. and that the ball was bobbling around. You know, just ball watching. It must have just been ball watching. Um, and Baker was one of them. He should have been sprinting back. Um, very disappointing. And yeah. and as I said before, it's, it just shows a lack of discipline there. The basics, it, though, aren't they? Exactly. And yeah. in, in this run uh, of, of poor performances, 
we do seem to go a goal down quite quickly, Matt, don't we? Yeah, and, and I have to say that, that, and I know with the commentary, it's very, very difficult um, and you're filling time as well. But to say it's actually a good time to concede, <laughs> there's, and, and I know the point that Dan was trying to make there, you know, better to concede if you're going to concede early than late, but the, the best time is is not to concede at all. But um, it, it's it's a, a constant theme, isn't it, that we're going a goal down um, and sloppy goals as well, you know, and and yeah, it was, um, I, I couldn't get over it. I couldn't get over the start with the, the players there, which again, going back to the starting lineup, you're kind of thinking, I think someone put it in our group, maybe two or three of these players were, were potentially playing for a contract. Didn't see that today. So if they were, they're not interested in the contract, are they? No. Well, within 10 minutes, we're back in the game. Um, and Lansbury puts a through ball into space and basically just says to Tommy Conway, get on the end of that. And to be fair, he does. He gets in between the keeper and defender with a strong, confident run and slots it home like an experienced pro. That isn't that isn't an easy finish. Um, I know that was said in the commentary as well. That isn't an easy finish. He's he's busted gut to get to that position and he's still got to put it in the net. So um congratulations to Tommy Conway. That that's you, you know, your first professional goal. Um and he's got to be really happy with that, Steve, to be off the mark. Absolutely. I've got, I mean on my notes here, composed, didn't panic. Um, you know, for, for someone his age to show that maturity as well. And I, I love to see it. I mean, it wasn't quite going round the goalkeeper. You just had to touch it and get round. But I, yeah. I do love to see that. I don't know why more strikers don't do it. But you could, you would understand someone of his his age and experience, perhaps just, just snap, snatching at it. Um, another thing I just had there as well, I think I think he started making the run before Lansbury made the pass. You know, yeah, he was he obviously looking for it. He spotted the space and um, made it easy for Lansbury. Great ball by Lansbury, perfectly weighted though. Got to say that. Disguise, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah Matt, the, the ball mm. from Lansbury, obviously, you know, he's he's capable, capable of that. We haven't seen a lot of that. We expect that more from uh, Casey Palmer, who's in the team as well. Um, but great to see those through balls and picking up on a run because so often we see the run, but we don't see the pass. And I think that's the thing. You've got to have both, haven't you? So if Lansbury plays that ball and had, you know, there wasn't a run there, then it's a ball back to the keeper, isn't it? So, you know, exactly like Steve said, it was Conway's run, which is why, again, I was a little bit put out by the comment that it was an easy finish. Okay, yes, as he's taken it round, he's then got an open goal. You can say that the actual end point of that, but he's made the run. That's then made the decision for Lansbury. And then he's got there before the defender and the goalkeeper, which he could easily have pulled out of, thinking he's going to get clattered, and then rolls it in the net. So, but Lansbury, it it was just a really nice composed pass, and I think he's done too many worldy gone thirty yard crossfield balls. If he's got that in his locker, and I didn't hear Taylor Moore say it the other week, but apparently Toby referenced it. That Taylor Moore said he's got unbelievable sort of skills um, in training and stuff. And again, maybe you know. A, a fit pre-season behind him, maybe Lansbury could be a, a player, but I don't know how Lansbury and potentially Palmer mm. get in the same team and then Williams, Walsh, you know, I mean, mm. we don't know who's going to be there, do we? But yeah, it was a brilliant ball and a brilliant goal for me. Absolutely. And his passion as well, Patrick, got to say it, Conway's passion. I know it's his first goal, but what a delight to see that, wasn't it? Real, mm. you know, like well, me, said, you scored it. He celebrated his goal uh, against Luton as yes, well, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> Yeah. You can see how, how desperate he was to put that right. And if you notice, his first thought was looking across the lights to see if he got his flag up. I didn't see that, but yeah, yeah you can't blame did. him. Yeah. 
Throughout his offering encouragement, he was yeah. talking, he was vocal. Um, he didn't look to me to be the you know one of the youngest players out there. I was really impressed with him. And once he scored, his confidence, I think, was sky high. Yeah. Maybe a little too high, which is probably what we're going to come on to. In yeah, minute, we'll come on to that now. Do you know actually? what, though, Steve? Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good point now. And it's an embarrassing thing to say that, for me, Hanna Masenga and Conway were the mm. only two players that you could see trying to get others going. You know, I, yeah. I've said it before about Thomas Callas. He's not that sort of leader. I think that's a, an area they have to look at next season. I think they need a captain in the middle of the pitch that gets everybody going, gels everybody together. Um, but yeah, great, great point, Steve, because he, he he really was. For a, an 18-year-old lad in his, what, second game <laughs> to be showing <laughs> yeah. that, fair play to him. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. 27th minute, Palmer intercepts well, finds the correct pass to Tommy Conway, who hits it first time right-footed, great confidence to take the shot first time if he takes a touch he probably would have got tackled so i think for me he made the right choice um hitting that ball first time matt 100 100 um okay his connection wasn't great but i think the defender was right on him it was um romeo wasn't it um coming back in who i think is quality um and i just think it was the he opened his body out. Everything was right with it. It was a great ball by Palmer. And yeah, he just got the connection wrong. So, you know, I, I, I've got no issue with that. That shows the confidence in the lad. Your thoughts on that one, I Steve? Think, you take a touch? Yeah, I or? Think, uh, no, I think the right thing to do was hit it first time. I think, yeah, he had, a, he had Romeo breathing down his neck and he was probably aware of that. Um, I, I, he just snatched it a bit, didn't he? You know, had he not scored and maybe not had a bit of adrenaline going, it, it might be in the back of the net. But, um, but he'll learn from that as well. Yeah, he will. You know. Absolutely, yeah. And kudos to Palmer for picking him out as well, because others Yeah, yeah, have... it was great ball. Well, and, yeah, and yeah. breaking down the play, wasn't it, to intercept it in the mm. first place, yeah. Yeah, yeah, great interception. Mm. Uh, but 31st minute, we go 2-1 down. Scott Malone, cross comes in from the right, a half clearance from Baker, and the shot from Malone goes through Hunt's legs and in, in off the post. Uh, we'll, we'll come on to a bit more of that, but there was they were getting a lot of joy down their right, our left, Matt, weren't they? Yeah, they were. Um, we made Millwall look a much, much better side than they are today. Um, but I have to say, there was one team that didn't look like they were playing end of season with nothing to play for. They were going for it. They were quick in the tackle. They were aggressive in the tackle, but they were also quick when they they broke forward and, and passed it with a purpose. Um, and yeah, we were getting torn left. I mean, again, you know, Tommy Rowe seemed to be getting forward and then wasn't back defending and um it was all just too easy wasn't it and that that goal for me again you've got to say patch what a great shot it, it arrowed into that corner hit the post <laughs> i was critical of jack hunt in in the the whatsapp group i just felt that you could see the first touch the guy takes it in on his left and jack doesn't anticipate it doesn't throw his body out he just sort of waves a leg at it and it flew in, but it was a cracking finish. You couldn't couldn't apportion any blame to Max O'Leary there. Yeah, no, it's never nice to get the ball going through your legs, no. especially if they score from the result. <laughs> um, I think I think just just to to add to that and, and really reiterate your point there, I think you expect better of a defender. Yeah. Um, had that been a, a winger or, or midfielder that was just bypassed like that or striker, you kind of expect that maybe. Um, but you know, it's, his first thought should be defending that. He should know how to yeah. defend those. But a cracking finish. He could not have put that in a, in a better spot. 
Yeah, a number of great finishes. Um, maybe some mm. some strikers we can get hold of. Who knows? Thirty um, seventh minute, Lansbury and Palmer a bit too deep, I thought, and they're both trying to dictate the play and sometimes even getting each other's way. You know, I know it's chalk and cheese, but you compare that to some five a side games I play I play in. Everyone's coming back to get the ball, and I just thought that, that we saw that from from Lansbury and Palmer today. And two players, Matt, I I don't know that they work in the right team. For me, I'm not sure what you think. I, I don't think is a in a, in a three there with Han Masengo buzzing around as well. I'm, I'm not sure there's enough. There's certainly not enough discipline with Casey because Casey wants to be going forward. Although he, he will do his work coming back, but but probably gives sort of free kicks away. Um, Lansbury, I thought did okay, um, but yeah, it's not it's not a midfield three that I would play. But then I guess with Tyreke, what's the other option he had was Nash. Alex Scott is still young and is again more like a Palmer or a, a, a Lansbury. So it was a it, difficult one, but it, and it, goes it didn't back to, gel today, did it? No, and it goes back to what we were saying earlier about the about building a relationship. I I, I don't know, and there's probably some stat stato could tell me, but how many midfielders have we played this season? It's got mm. to be got to be upward of 13, 14, I would I would suggest, in terms of playing in the midfield. Um and mm. Lansbury and Palmer have never played together before, obviously probably in training. Um, but it's hard to sort of work out whose role is what. And Lansbury, Palmer and Masengo, at one point or another, they were all in an advanced position. They were all yeah. in a defensive position. They were all out wide, all right. Steve, how does that work? Well, it doesn't, does it? It's like watching an under-10s match when yeah. they're all chasing after the ball and not, not holding the position. Um, ah, yeah, I'm sure Masengo's um, brief would have been just to just to you know settle the play down, hold the ball up a little bit. Um, but and, and occasionally he did. If I'm being fair, he, he got stuck in as well, um, which I always like to see. Um, but yeah, it was it was. I don't know. I think I think Millwall found it easy, didn't he, in the first half, dancing around them, spraying the ball out, knowing there'd be loads of space on one side because they're all over on the other. It was um, a, bit, a bit embarrassing. I just think with with. With Han Noah, the, and again, I've, I've called it before, um, you're not quite sure what he is in terms of he doesn't create very much. Yes, he's, he is a defensive midfielder, but he doesn't just sit back and, you know, he's not he's not in that position defending. Um, I actually thought today he was probably our best player because of his work rate more than anything. Um, but that's where we lost the game. I thought the midfield today, we were just completely overrun. They... They seem to be able to pass round us at will, and then they had pit players wide. That's the bit for me. We've got no width in the team, and yet both flanks for Millwall they had players whipping crosses in, taking shots. You know, and as I said, we 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 looked we looked a league below Millwall today. We weren't yeah. just second best; yeah. we were third or fourth best today, weren't we? It was yeah. And we discussed we discussed earlier, didn't we, uh, Billy Mitchell? You know, for, yeah. for a twenty-year-old, yeah. let's, let's not forget how young he is. He, yeah. he, I think, ran the show for quite yeah. a while in that midfield. Yeah, he did. I also got written down in that same sort of passage of play that Masengo's ball retention is a joy to watch because there was mm. one, there was one passage mm. where he just would not lose that ball. He was, yeah. he was like a, you know, a Yorkshire Terrier, a Jack Russell, whatever analogy you want to use, who just would not let go of that ball. Yeah. Um, and he he kept the ball, laid it off, I think, to Jack Hunt, who who lost it straight away. So well, he just, it was... just he just kicked out the field, didn't he, Jack Hunt? And I think the yeah. I think Toby said 
that's all Jack Hunt could do. And then Dan said, actually, you don't want to see that. You do want to see him kind of try and retain the ball. And I think, again, that's that's what we're struggling with at the moment. We've got players who give, and we've had this for the last three or four seasons, but players who give the ball away really, really easily. And we, we did it throughout the game today. We broke the play up, won the ball, and then the second pass, we gave it straight back to him. Yeah, I've, I've got a note here about Wells. I think it was 43rd minute. And it, I don't know, I think there's very few players in the world like Kevin De Bruyne who, who can spray a ball to the other side of the pitch without even looking yeah. to knowing that one of their players is going to be on the end of it. Unfortunately, Naki Wells is not one of those players. No, no. And and he keeps trying to do it three or four yeah. times a game. And like I say, Masengo, his, his ball retention is good. He wants, to, he wants to do the simple things with it as well. He's, ne- he's never yeah, looking he for that world, he? Yeah. Um, and then you've got Wells sort of wasting those sort of opportunities in, yeah. you know, um, you just just need to hold it up a little bit, bring other players into the game and and got we got an attack on. It's funny as well, because Alex Scott, when he came on the second half, he was the same in terms of trying to play it simple. And it mm. is such an easy game. And it was li- literally play it five yards to your man, give him an angle, have it back, expect him to have made the move, but we don't we don't have that. So it then looks like He's a poor, you know, not a poor player, but you know, it's down to him not making the the right pass. But yeah, just I don't too, too many today were on their holidays, like they weren't interested. Um, and maybe that stemmed from the early well, it can't stem from the early goal, can it? Because we did get back into it, but from that point yeah. on, um, we never really took, laid a glove on them, did we? Yeah, it was a bit out of nowhere, to be fair. That that yeah. goal for Tommy Conway. Um so there was another chance for Millwall in the 41st minute. And again, I wrote they seem to be getting a lot of joy down the right hour left. But um, yeah, they didn't finish that one, thankfully. Halftime comment from our that's, halftime that's, summarizer, that's, uh, Rob. Um, harsh on Conway, but it's 2-1 Millwall after it really should have been 2-1 City. Tough lesson at this level. He's been bright, though, and a tidy first goal. Defensively, we still don't have it right. Both goals have been scored from the inside corners of the box. Our wing back seemingly betwixt and between. No threat going forward and often absent in defence. Most of their threat is coming from wide positions again. Steve, sorry, I interjected. You carry on. No, no, it's just very just going back to that chance that they had just before half time. I think it's forty first minute. You mentioned the century court is pretty good save from O'Leary, mm-hmm. um, and not only that, but I think he did a cracking throw out to the halfway line he and did. set up an attack. Yeah, 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 yeah. He did. It's a great shout, actually. Yeah, because it's it's great to see that, but it, the urgency of the pass didn't match the urgency of whoever received it from memory, uh, which was a shame. But yeah, it's great, great to have that in your arsenal. Um, we made a couple of changes at halftime, Matt, um, which, you know, it, it was good to see that he was changing it up quickly and not waiting. Um, Jay De Silva back, who we obviously before the break, we said that it would be good to see him, but we wouldn't, weren't sure if he would be risked. It, were we? Yeah. No. So um, he came on for Tommy Rowe, which is obviously like for like. Um, and Alex Scott came on for Lansbury, which, um, you know, Lansbury was, as you say, was, was doing OK, um, but giving Scott another half of football. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, what was it? Two one at that stage. Mm. Um, I don't know whether Lansbury had got a knock because that surprised me. Because as I say, I, and I've been critical of Lansbury um, this season, but actually he wasn't having a bad game. Um, it obviously opened up for the goal, so I was surprised at that. But maybe it was more a case of it's the end of the season. Mm. You know, let, let's let's blood you know, give Alex Scott more game time, like you said. But good to see because. 
he's a proper player, Alex Scott. Um, you know, I know we only saw glimpses today and we saw glimpses last week, but with a preseason, um, given a chance, um, he, he will be a very, very good player for Bristol City. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts, Steve, on that on that halftime substitution? Great to see JDS back, obviously. Um, and, and no surprise that Tommy Lowe was taken off, to be fair. Yeah. Um, Scott, yeah, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, um, what is there to really play for? I think Pearson, as I said before, he, he wants to, to look at players in competitive situations and away at Millwall is probably as competitive as you're going to get in this league, if I'm being honest, against the Gary Rowett side. Um, so, yeah, get him on there, see what he can do. Um, as you said, I think Lansbury played all right today. I think he's pretty mm. good, to be honest. Um, I was quite impressed with him in terms of our team and who to be impressed with. <laughs> but I think he was up there, really, in the first half. Would you offer him a contract, Steve? Um, Get your checkbook out, Steve. Yeah. What's he on? It's going to be on a lot, isn't he? Almost, though, Steve, you're... you're is the answer to a certain extent, isn't it? Is it, it and yeah. I'm the same with it. I mean, well, I've kind of said no, I wouldn't, but he has actually I, not done bad the last couple of games. I think we need, I think he's an intelligent player, he's obviously skillful. I don't think he's industrious as yeah. the, the sort of player that we need. I think, need you know, it's okay. I talked and romanticized about the Bielsa team and things like that, but they play with such high intensity and. Yeah physical fitness, Lansbury's not in that mould. And yeah. I think he, he potentially is going to hold your team back. And likewise, how do you fit him and Palmer in? If, yeah. we, if we're keeping Palmer, and I think we should, yeah. then, you know, Lansbury's a luxury we can, we can ill afford, really. Yeah. Okay, moving on, 52nd minute. It's goal, 3-1, Albert Squares, Billy Mitchell, great goal line defender from Callas. There was also another block, saving it with his shoulder, but um, City failed to clear and it's 3-1. Um I think we described it in the the WhatsApp group, Matt, as uh, almost comedy of errors, really, wasn't it? It was a goal mouth scramble, and you could just tell it was going to go in if it wasn't the first time, not the second time, but the third yeah. time of asking, and it goes straight. Yeah. Actually, a good finish, to be fair. Yeah, he rifled it in, didn't he? Um, but I, I thought we were we were slow to clear it. Um, we had an opportunity to clear it. I thought Max sort of flapped it a little bit with the first one. The next one seemed to hit Callas on the shoulder or the face. Then it popped back out and they rifled it in, didn't he? But it, yeah, it was a, another poor goal to concede. Yeah, absolutely. Steve, your thoughts on the pinball? Can't really have much more than that, really. It was, I've got head tennis, knee tennis, shoulder tennis. It was just all over the <laughs> it place. It was a great um, block by Callas. It was actually his shoulder. He got, yeah. he got himself in there. But after that, you expect it to be cleared because, you know, you think um, such a good block should at, should be cleared. At this level, when you've got three or four chances to clear it and, you know, you're low in confidence, you're, you're away from home, you've not won for a while. It's got to be Rosehead all the way, hasn't it? You know, yeah. and, and yeah, the, I guess, you know, for whatever reason, it was spinning around. You couldn't, couldn't put the laces through it. But at the end of the day, at this level, it's inexcusable, I think. To, yeah. to have that you know that many touches and not clear it. Now Thomas Callas won't want to see this one again on the 52nd, 57th minute. Um he basically receives the ball, tries to shield it from the striker, but obviously is so concerned about shielding from the striker that he forgets where the ball is and the ball gets loose. And I think it was Bradshaw who's through on goal and slots home again. Tom Bradshaw was a player that was linked to us a while back from Walsall. Yeah. Um and 
you know, he, he was a great finish. But yeah, Callas won't want to see that one again, Matt. No, I mean, it, it, it was a poor ball from Mariapa. He under hit it to Callas. But that said, he still got the ball. And all he has to do is, is knock it two yards in front of him to then knock it back to Max O'Leary. And he tries to shield it. Um, and it's, it's calamitous, isn't it? Um, Max does his best coming out, but it was a composed finish from, from Bradshaw. But it, it for, for me, probably summed up Thomas Callas's last couple of games, really. I think he's been quite quite poor by his standards. And again, you look at players and their individual standards, that's not the Thomas Callas that we know. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he was poor today. Yeah, exactly. I'd, 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 yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, you know, I've got actually a note here about Callas. And when we come to do the score, you know, put the, the word slide next to it. I think he's on the slide. Yeah. Um, I think I think that was the cherry on top today of what was a generally poor performance. Um and yeah, he's, he's I think his confidence is probably low. Um doesn't help though with you know he's, he's trying to build that defensive partnership with with Mariapa who's new to the club um and getting on a bit I guess. Um and then you've got Baker coming back for his first start of the season. Um and then you're not getting that that shielding protection or certainly didn't today from the wing backs. Um, the problem you've got with those yeah, three as difficult. well Steve None of those three can bring the ball out. No. None of them can really pass no. it very well. Callas hit a couple of sort of searching balls out, out wide, but was never really going anywhere. But none of them can bring the ball out and look to break the line, play it into the midfield. Um, yeah. And, and it, yeah, got, the similar I, players. Yeah, they are. Yeah. None of them, none of them are either are particularly animated or, or shouty or. No. Talkers. I mean, we don't, we can't see everything that goes on on the pitch, but you don't see any of them sort of, you know, crouched over doing the old clap and motivating well, each other, that sort of thing. But I fully expected Callas and Baker back together today. Obviously, you I know, said it, didn't you, beforehand? Yeah, I fully yeah. expected that to be give us some stability. Yeah. Um, but obviously, with Mariapa in between them, they didn't probably, you know, they couldn't hold hands enough. <laughs> yeah, or do that little dance routine that they did yeah. in the first lockdown. But um, let's again let let's be honest about it. In terms of the money that they're probably on, Nathan's injury record. Nathan Baker only gets a contract for me if it's the pay as you play type contract or mm. something based on if he plays so many games he gets a, a bonus or whatever. Mariapa doesn't get a contract. Um, you know we've got potentially, and I'm not saying he's anywhere near necessarily ready, but Cundy coming back from Lane on Gillingham, Taylor Moore coming back. The the bit that surprises me, that Nigel Pearson, having been the style of centre-half that he was, mm. we look really, really poor defensively at the moment. And there, there has to be questions around, again, backroom teams. I think Pat Mountain does a lot of the defensive work and certainly the set pieces. I don't quite know why your goalkeeping coach is doing that, but... Um, it's an area, you know, we're just so easy to play against. So easy to play against. Yeah. But it's, that could be confidence in, you know. It, it's character as well, isn't it? You talk yeah. about what Pearson used to be like as a player, that, that character was built into him. Yeah. it's. I think that's difficult to instill in players, um, particularly when they're low in confidence or yeah. towards the end of the career and, and you know, journeymen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but pretty much all I've got left to report was a couple of substitutions. Semenyo came on for Conway. Hunt came off for Sessegnon. A little bit later, Naj came on for Wells, which is a 
bit of a strange one. Um, I don't quite know what was going on there. Whether he went to one up front or did he push someone on? Anyone notice? Um, Semenya kind of went went further forward, didn't he? But I, I yeah. was surprised at that. I, I would have gone Louis. Well, Semenya came on for Conway just before, well, 10 minutes Yeah, but he, he kind of played it. Yes, that's right. And he was, he, obviously, Semenya had played up there. Mm. Um, Naj, I think, was just sort of floating around. It, it actually showed a couple of nice touches, to be fair. But um, yeah, I thought it was a strange one. I would have gone Louis Britton for that one. Yeah. Again, just to give him 20 minutes or whatever it was, yeah. 10 minutes. Exactly. Yeah. yeah bit odd. The, the only note I've got patch um, in that spell is, is uh, Jade Silver's chip. Um, <laughs> and uh, Adam, that's, being, that's being kind well, to you, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's. Um, well, I mean, I think I think I've got a note here as well. If he was if he was a golfer, but he's a terrible putter because yeah. <laughs> whenever he gets into those positions, and it's it's always been the case. And he's a fullback, and we know that. But for someone of his his quality and skill, he does bottle it, doesn't it? When 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 there's a chance even to set someone up, um, let alone put the ball away. Um, but like I say, great to see him back. Yeah, and absolutely. and he, he and he fashioned that 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 chance anyway. Yeah, no, he did. He did. And it was great to see. And you can see what he was trying to do, but just didn't quite have the power. He was leaning back, you know, he didn't quite have the the power required to get that one anywhere near the keeper, really. Um, Semenyo had a shot in the 80th, 80th minute, which um, I think it was described on commentary as a shot in anger, uh, dragged it wide, but a shot off target to add to the stats, the poor, the poor stats today. Um, I don't know what it finished up actually stat wise patch. No, well, I, I can um, tell you it wasn't very good. Yeah, that's <laughs> you're not wrong. Hang on, let's have a look. But all in all, Steve, four one defeat away to Millwall. Um, it really is a case of and has been for a few games now of fulfilling fixtures. I think I think you're right. I think if you'd have told me before the game it was going to be four one, you know, I wouldn't have challenged it. Based on the last last few performances, um, I mean, and to, to be fair, I think away at Sheffield Wednesday showed a bit of character. Yeah, um, and I think they, they were good to get away with a point there. Um, but yeah, you know, last week I think kind of summed up the season. And um, yeah, I, I didn't really expect too much going into this game. From being honest with you, what really annoyed me though, um, Matt, and we were watching this together at this point, was uh, was it Simpson or Downing on the bench having a bit of a, a bit of a laugh and a Downing having a bit of a giggle. Downing. Yeah, with with mm. Pat Mountain, and, yeah. and you know who, who knows why that was, but I, I I didn't find anything funny to laugh at. Um, so yeah, that that was a little bit. We both picked up on it, didn't we? And I'm sure mm. others will pick up pick up on it. But yeah, Mill will add 57 percent possession to our 43, 20 shots to our four, 12 on target to our one, which is obviously Tommy Conway's goal. <laughs> Another game where we don't have any corners. Oh wow. Um, and only one offside, which kind of perhaps sums up some of our attacking intent. But you know, you, you look at it, we are we definitely we definitely didn't have Jonathan Codger up front today. Then no, we're nine we're nineteenth, yeah, and could uh, well, so yeah, there, there could be a swing. I can't see what our goal difference is actually, but um, if great. it's the same, we could um, drop to twentieth right. if Huddersfield win next week. Right. Which is our our lowest place in the championship since we got relegated, wouldn't it? And, and is that one outside the relegation zone? No, we'd be yeah. So it would be it would be no two outside. Two You've outside. got Dar- Derby twenty first, Rotherham twenty second, Sheffield Wednesday twenty third, Wickham 
um, yeah, 24th. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the bottom four can't catch us, can they? So. No, no. I mean, that is, uh, but that you is take, disappointed, isn't it? Take those points that we got at the start of the season. It would have been a real squeaky bum time, isn't it? But, well, you know, yeah, yeah it's... um. What was that 12 what? points the first four games that yeah, would take, yeah, yeah. take us down to level with Derby going into yeah. the last game of the season? Yeah, doesn't bear thinking about. So, thank you, Dean Holden, for this for those 12 points. Yeah, <laughs> and Andy Vyman as well. Um, obviously, we we lost him very early on, very early on, and and he is the the or was the, the drumbeat for me of the team, sets the pace, sets, sets the, the pace momentum. Yeah. He's the one who, who you will see crouched over clapping pointing at people encouraging so for me he's and obviously i'll steve uh, nigel pearson's going to bring in some of his own men yeah. next season but he's he's someone who if you if we'd have had this conversation sort of this time last year and we say about the importance of andy Weidman, we'd have said yes but mm. but now we're saying yes for me anyway i'm saying yes definitely steve your thoughts on on the importance yeah, of so andy Weidman? I, I think yeah, he is, a, he is an important player uh, and he has been for a number of seasons now uh, since we got him, really. Um, he, he, his, his goal record's not bad at all. Um, I think he's generally quite good in the air as well, but, but someone who's not too tall. Um, I think, you know, just going back to what we said before about Lansbury and Palmer, you know, if, if, they're, if you've got midfielders who aren't necessarily disciplined in keeping their position... Um, Andy Vyman, though, he's, he's got that tendency to be a bit of a headless chicken um, by his own admission as well. Yeah. You know, he's, he's quite often gets caught out of possession just through his own industry and, and you know, really trying to, um, you know, he puts the effort in, doesn't he? But quite often he'll find himself out of position and then it's a matter of getting back, um, which, which you know, he's not Superman. He can't do it all the time, can he? Um, so I think in some ways Andy Vyman, I think, is a little bit of a luxury as well. Mm, okay um matt i've got um have you got any tweets there to read out yeah um so Sutts, um colin sutton who's been a regular contributor on the, the podcast uh what words are left how can we allow 16 shots uh, and only have two 11 on target to our one which is obviously sort of earlier on in the game what are we coaching them this is possibly the worst team not players and worst attitude and mindset and desire that I've seen in my 30 circa years plus following the city that I can recall. Pearson has a monumental task this summer for us to complete next season. Any talk of promotion is utter nonsense um, and absolutely spot on. It, 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 Of course it is. And then there's another one that I wanted to read out um, from uh, Martin Tinners on Twitter. What a supine, and I don't know what supine means, it's a new word for me, uh, <laughs> performance from Callas, our captain. It has taken a teenager to show something approaching the qualities that the responsibility demands. Masengo has put our senior players to shame, and Pez has then put, even when we got relegated in 12-13, we had Albert, who, who played for the shirt and we could love. Can't say the same about any of those cowards in the shirt at the moment. I wouldn't bat an eyelid if every single one of them was released. Mm, okay. Rush Jenner put um, embarrassing, most gutless squad since 2012, 2013. Who recru recruited that squad? Um, yeah, so we're we're sort of faltering over the finish line a little bit. And it's the first season that I can remember for quite some time where we haven't been in a battle or in with a shout of something. Well, for probably five five seasons, Matt, I think, isn't it? 
Yeah, I guess up, up to the last couple of games um, in seasons gone past, we've sort of dropped out of the equation, haven't we? But, um, but you don't yeah, expect I'm, I'm, to have you don't expect to have ten games where there's nothing to play for and not showing desire to get a contract to put yourself in the manager's plans for next I, season. I think that is exactly it. It's that it's that desire and having professional pride in what you're doing. Um, but I guess every club that's down near the bottom, fans will say the same things. I'm sure, you know, well, I know Bristol Ravers fans are saying the same thing about their club. Um, but it, it does feel, I think that was a really sort of big point with what they said, that um, this does feel like a, a, a not a team and just a load of individuals. Um, and Nigel Pearson has got a massive sort of task in his hand. And I don't know if you want to read Rob's tweet out, Patch, at the end, but yeah. Rob sort of sent one in and... and Rob is obviously undecided on Nigel Pearson and, and absolutely understandably so. You know, we've talked about quite a few fans are, but I think with what Rob says here... Um, I'll read it yeah. out. It's quite it's quite a lot. <laughs> Not much more to... Yeah, exactly. Not much... <laughs> it says Rob is typing for about half an hour, usually. <laughs> um, not much more to say than has been said over the last two months. We look dreadful. Make no bones about it. This is a huge gamble on Pearson. He has basically talked his way to a three-year contract by stating the players aren't good enough. He needs five, six transfer windows to sort it. We have hired him on his assessment and reputation alone because if his short-term tenure was an audition for him demonstrate his quality he has fallen way short in the main fans blamed Johnson and Holden for our shortcomings previously but now this is the players my suspicion is that somewhere in between but personally I trust more in what I see not what I am promised despite the alleged quality of the players availability rightly or wrongly I would expect it to have seen a squad more galvanized by now I do believe we asset stripped too far with poor succession planning and it's caught up with us Allied to the injuries, debacle. I put this squarely at Ashton's door, so I'm relieved he and Rolls have gone. I hope we've gambled right on Pearson, but I'm far from convinced. Your thoughts on that, Steve, in, in general? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with a great deal of that. I think, um, I mean, going back to Pearson, I, I've said this before in a WhatsApp group, you know, I'll hold judgment until he's got his own players in. Um, until he's got the right type of players for him. Um, I think, you know, that there are players in the squad who, you know, even before Pearson was there, even before the start of the season, to be fair, it's probably gone stale for them at Bristol City. Um, and, you know, they're probably also thinking whether Pearson's, whether he's got them in mind or not, you know, that they just need to move on and, and get a fresh start in their own careers. And I think that shows. Um, I think, if he can bring his own players in, I don't know who those players are going to be. Um, but like I said, I think what we're looking for, or what I'm personally looking for, is is a bit of industry, hardworking, professional and just disciplined in what they do. Um, you don't want the worldly talent. So we're not going to get that anyway. But we just need players who are going to work for each other, hold the positions and, and you know, do what they're told. Yeah. My... You know, my, my... And if that happens, then we can judge Pearson off the back of it. Yeah. And Matt, my overriding comment on that is the appointment's been made now. Let's get behind him. Yeah. You know, yeah. draw a line. We're happy with him. We know his pedigree. Let's yeah. judge him on the next season. We're, 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 we're not expecting promotion next season. We're expecting the ship to be steadied and us yeah. to be back where we were two years ago in yeah. sort of just outside the playoffs competing at the top. Matt? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to see Patch 
um, hopefully we're at the ground. And I think you've called this numerous times. It would make a difference, but every club's in the same boat. But I want to see 11 players out there that give their all. And as you've said, you if you get beat by a better team, it doesn't matter what level you play at, you accept that. As long as you've put in a performance, I would say this season, at least half of the games, and that's probably being really, really generous, I don't think we've put in a performance. I think we've had too many players. I mean, if we went back and looked at our scores, and I think we were pretty generous on quite a few of them, um, too many players are way below what they should be setting themselves. Um, and today was another case in point. You know, it shouldn't matter that it's the end of the season, we've got nothing to play for, because they should be playing for the new manager. Um, I guess the concern for me with COVID, with everything else, is just how many players he will be able to bring in because fundamentally, I think we probably need six, maybe seven quality professional men that come into that team that know what it's about and want to play and want to galvanise everything. If we don't, one or two or three isn't going to do it, even with the returning players, because again, five subs is a big, long old season. Um, and you've got to look at what Nigel Pearson's had again. He's got youngsters that... Mm you know, I've got very little experience, very little game time at this level. Um, and actually, so I think he's been standing up. He's yeah. been open about it, hasn't he? He's been he's honest been, about I, I think he, I don't think he wanted to blood as many youngsters as he, yeah, he, as, as he has. Yeah, yeah, he said that. Um, but it will be, it's a massive summer. Steve, Steve Lansdowne has got a, a huge decision to make in terms of just how much he invests to get us back on track. Because, um, yeah, ma make no mistake about it we're not going to be challenging next season because you can't, not from where we're coming from. Mm. Or you would, sorry, I say you can't. Look at Barnsley, I suppose. Barnsley were, when we played them up there, um, they were nothing, were they? They got the new manager mm. in and they've gone on an absolutely incredible run. And so much of that will be down to confidence again. But, you know, I, I agree with Steve. I think we need to get the right, it's the right character. That That's the word, is the character. You want a Wes Morgan, you want a a cash for Schmeichel, and I don't mean we want another goalkeeper, but you want those players that <clears throat> G everyone up around them. And we haven't got that, have we? There's no, there, other than Han Noah today and Tommy Conway, no one else looks in the least bit bloody interested. Yeah. Okay, Matt, let's come on to your ratings. Okay. Um, Max O'Leary, it's difficult to be overcritical of Max. I think he did a couple of things. He, he, he punched one ball. Um, he set that one attack off. But he's conceded four goals, and I felt a couple of them. Certainly, the first one he will have been disappointed. Although I don't put that as Daniel's his fault. Um, but I've got to say, it's it was less of a performance than I expect for Max. So um, I'm going to go five for Max. Um, Nathan Baker, I'm I'm a bit torn with Nathan Baker. Um, you know, I said it earlier on, um, Patch, when we were watching it at the end. He did a typical challenge by the touchline where he goes in, scissor sort of around the, the bloke, everything full-hearted again, gives a free kick away, gets booked. Um, yes, he, he he perhaps gave us more of a physical presence at the back, won a few headers, didn't do anything on the ball. Um, there was one moment where he volleyed the ball over and some, I think Toby or Dan said, oh, you know what, a cracking effort, really? I could have done that with my dodgy knees and smashed it into the stand. Um <laughs> So I'm going five for Nathan Baker as well. And, and that's really because he's returning. Um, Thomas Callas, and I hate to do this, Thomas. <laughs> it's got to be a four. I thought it was a really, really poor performance from Thomas Callas today. 
um, you know, again, I think he needs to concentrate on his own game next season. Um, mm. He wouldn't be my captain next season. Um, I don't think he gives us that that vocal leadership that I think this team needs. Um, Interesting, obviously, because Nigel Pearson will, will be picking the captain next season. Yeah. You know, who's to say Thomas Callas might say, you know, let me focus on my game next season. He, he might do. Yeah, he might do. It's un, it's we'll, have, we'll ask him. We'll ask him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, talk, we talk about character. He needs to bring in a captain, doesn't he? I think, that's I think so. Yeah, I um, think so. I, 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 I mean, I was Callas for three today. I, I, I did, really yeah. didn't rate him today. Yeah, I thought I was really disappointed. Yeah, I w- and I wouldn't disagree with that, Steve. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm happy with the four personally. I ju- I just thought that you know there's some you know, some headers, um, that goal line clearance. Which if that if that then goes clear, that's a goal saved. Um, but I just just just, <laughs> you know, just sorry, just, just something on his headers though. Um, I did have a couple of notes. I don't think I've ever seen a centre back spend as much time on the floor after he's headed a ball. <laughs> they said spend so much time when, in the air. <laughs> No, well, there is well, that both, as well. He yeah, do, he, he hangs there really well, but yeah. he's always going over the top. And not only is he risking injury to himself, but as soon as he's on the ground, he's out of the game. Yeah, and he's we usually going to be out of the game we say that in, often. in the dodgy. Yeah, and um, yeah, for me, he, he just needs to show more maturity. Yeah. For an international player, he needs to show more maturity. It's it's funny, Steve. I don't. Did you watch the um, the interview with Gregor when he was in with the, the press conference this week? Um, no, he, was asked, he, he was asked about, he was actually asked about the social media um, boycott this weekend, went on to talk about the fact he's not taking the knee um, anymore because he doesn't feel that it carries the weight that it should have. Um, mm. So he supports his his, his teammates, um, you know, absolutely stands up to any form of racism or abuse, but isn't taking the knee. But he was also saying that if people want to criticise his performance, he, he accepts that and no one would be able to, criticise him unexpectedly he knows himself whether he's played mm. well or not so mm. I'm pretty sure that he will know today just how poor he's played and it wasn't even oh, just, yeah, just that goal yeah. was it I mean the goal was terrible but generally I thought his performance today was yeah um, and, we, and we know what he's we know what he's capable of yeah exactly I, mean, I don't yeah. think anyone I'm, I'm not being critical of him no you got, we just call just it his performance today call it yeah. today and, and, and Pat you're right in terms of it's a change of shape. It's a change of partnership. It's a change of formation. You know, it's all of those things come into it, but he's my captain and I want to see my captain really get them fired up and going. And, and that, I guess that's the thing. I don't see this team fired up and interested whatsoever, really. Mm. Um, Mariapa, um, similarly, I mean, if I've given Baker a five, arguably Mariapa the same, but I, I didn't think he did anything. Um, yeah, I think probably Thomas was the worst of the three, so I'll go five for Mariapa. But again, I have to say, whilst I think bringing him in when we did in January with the injuries we've got was the right decision for his age and where we are, I don't want to be offering him a contract next season. I don't think he's good enough to take us the next level. Um, well, we know he where, can't play where we are today. You know, we, we know he can't fill in on the left either. So. And he can't bring the ball out, you know. I'd 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 rather see Taylor Moore give him more of an opportunity there, you know. And hopefully, with a good preseason under um, Nigel Pearson, he will improve. Um, Jack Hunt, Tommy Rowe, um, I've kind of said all I can really say about those two. I think over the the, the weeks, but I don't think they offer anything going forward. Um, I don't think they offer anything defensively. 
Um, I don't think either are championship quality anymore. Um, and for all of the, I guess my concern is, and, and sadly, I, I dreamt this last night and I don't know why I dreamt it, but I dreamt that I was reading an article that Nigel Pearson was saying he was offering Tommy Rowe a new contract because he's the sort of character that he wants the club. And we're talking about character and, and everybody talks about his professionalism, his, his attitude and everything. But fundamentally, he is not good enough at the championship as a fullback getting forward or defensively. Um, and similarly with Jack Hunt. I think Jack Hunt is one of those players, Steve, that, you know, and I don't know if you were talking about him when you referenced it, but needs a reset, needs a change of scenery, needs a new club. Because for me, neither yeah, of those are my offer, offering a contract. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So two fours for me for both of those. Um, Lansbury is an interesting one because, as I say, I didn't think he was actually doing that badly um, in, in the first half. And whether it was a knock, um, I don't know. But I suppose if you're getting subbed at half time and it's not a knock, then there's a question mark. Um, other than the pass for the goal when it was sublime, did he do an awful lot? No, not really. So it's a five for me for him. Um, Casey Palmer... <sighs> It was a frustrating game with Casey, I thought, today. It was it was nearly Casey again. Um, a couple of good things, but not enough for a bloke of his ability. Um, so it's a five for, for Casey for me. Um, Han Noah, <laughs> kind of scoring him on his, his desire, his, um, his attitude, um, his work rate he was my man of the match today. And I've said this a few times over the last couple of months, really. Um, and I, he gets a six, but again, didn't really create enough and defensively. Yeah. was, was okay. And broke a lot of the player, but I think he needs next season to be given a role and told that's your role. I either want you bombing on or I want you sitting back or whatever. Mm. And I think it's a bit of a mix with, with hand Noah because he's all over the place and he's, he's like a little wasp. You could be, you could only, you can only judge him on what he's been told to do. And we don't, we don't yeah. know that, I guess. And we but don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, what do you I'd think, look. Steve? I, I would, I would be saying maybe even a seven, but I know we lost four one. I, I had, I had him down at seven to be fair. I, th I think he, he, he worked really hard. I think um, I'd, I'd love to see him play with the right players around him. Yeah. And and because because I really do think we've got Jen there. I yeah, really I, I agree. Yeah. Um. But but he's he's. I don't know what his game is yet. If yeah. I'm being honest with you, but it it probably isn't what we've been seeing in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. You do um, wonder what can Pearson bring, can do yeah. with him, don't you? And I think I think you know we talk about Pearson's management since he came into the club. I think Masengo is someone who has grown in confidence under him. Mass Massively, um, and yeah. and for whatever reason, I think that confidence was knocked out over the last couple of seasons. He had a yeah. great start. I think, yeah. I think last season he'd have a great game. The next thing you know, he was on the bench. Yeah, and I think that was at the wings of, of LJ really. But um, completely, and and Dean yeah. Holden didn't seem to fancy him at all, did he? I mean, if rumours were true, we were even looking to get rid of him to Birmingham yeah. on the last day of the season. And I think we've been. Was, but, yeah, I, th I think we've been critical in the past. Not critical, but you know, obviously he's a young young lad, and yeah. you know he's, he's he's needed to bulk up. I think he has actually. Yeah, and I think if he if he continues that over this summer, he's he's yeah. a lot more physical today. Yeah, um, you, and he was putting right. challenges in. 
and uh, yeah, it's getting stronger. Yeah, I'll take us that you boys both gone seven, so we'll, we'll go seven. But um, I absolutely brilliant point, Stephen. We've said the same about um, Nigel Pearson has made such a difference with Han Noah, and I think they even called it. Uh, Dan called it on the the Robins TV, didn't he? And said that if there was a a most improved player for the season, it would be him. Um, which is slightly harsh, really, because he just wasn't getting a look in, really. So it's kind of, yeah. Um, Naki Wells and Tommy Conway. Naki was a bit frustrating. I thought early on, he linked up really well with Tommy Conway um, and their movement was pretty good. But again, he he, he does go exactly like Steve referenced. He, he, I think he thinks he's, he's obviously got ability, but it's almost like he thinks he's a better footballer than he actually is and that he could play midfield because he tries to spray the ball left, right, and, you know, down the middle. And how many times has it actually come off? Very rarely, isn't it? Um, I don't know if he even had a single shot on goal today. He just needs to be given either the authority or the instruction to play on the last man and yeah. not not come deep. Yeah, Got enough players that are going to come deep and try and get on the ball and spray yeah. a ball here, there, there and everywhere. Mm. Just stay on the last man. Just hang up there. Good point, Patrick. Think- he spends an awful lot of time in midfield, yeah. doesn't he? Mm. He, did, he didn't get much service today no. and he did come looking for the ball, but yeah. I think they went to one down and then that, that kind of stopped really. Once you, start, once you start doing that like though, Steve, and, and you're coming out of position to get the ball, there's no one up there when you need it. You've got to just yeah. maintain that position. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it is a good point to say, and again, it's something we've, we've referenced so many times on the podcast service that go into our front men is dreadful and you know there's I talk no Nicolaisen is there well but anymore. but I mean again I'm fortunate enough to have grown up watching the likes of Dave Smith and Mark Gavin in you know we've talked about Tinian and Bell in you know Bradley or but but width in the team that would get the ball into the strikers I can't ever see a scene scoring a goal where the ball's got to the byline in you know in an attacking break like they, they had an opportunity, didn't they, where they, they broke, whipped the ball across and their bloke edited it straight at Max O'Leary. You don't seem to create those kind of efforts whatsoever. Mm. So, yeah, Naki's a five for me today. Um, Tommy Conway, um, I'm going to go six for Tommy Conway because, again, it's his second start. Um, I thought, and I know it wasn't disrespectful, but I thought the, the comment, as I said earlier on, about it was an easy finish was completely wrong. I thought his movement was very good. We got to see that last week, Patrick, first firsthand, didn't we? Just how how good his moves were, um, and you know, Steve quite rightly pointed out that it was his movement that Lansbury then was able to play that ball in. So, I thought he did well. Um, I actually thought he got some pretty rough treatment as well, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. But I don't think he got much protection from the ref today. Mm. Um, so yeah, and, and I'm not going to be critical for that second one. So I, I've gone six for Tommy Conway. Um, and then kind of obviously we had the substitutions at halftime. So Jay and, and Alex Scott, Jay got forward a couple of times, you know, again, you got to see him in the penalty area. And although his, his chip was it with, I don't know what, rather than a sandwich, but, um, (laughs) it was good to see him get in there. He's clearly not anywhere near match fit. Um, so yeah, credits that. Alex Scott, I think, will, as I say, will be a very, very good player. I thought he showed some a couple of really nice touches. I think, again, like Steve has said about Han Noah, with the right players around him and the right experience and the right attitude around him, I think we've got a real gem there. Um, so I'll go two sixes for both of those. Okay. Mr. Pearson. 
Sorry. I, yeah. <laughs> you, know, um, not, you know, Nigel yeah, Pearson? Yeah, yeah. Signed, Pearson. A, signed, yeah, yeah. A, signed a three-year yeah. deal. Well, I, knew, I, knew, I knew Steve's surname again with P, and I'm thinking, I'm sure it's <laughs> yeah, Percival. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's Percival. It's not. Yeah, don't, don't bring me into it. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, it's 4-1, isn't it? Um, his, yeah. his hands are tied a little bit. Uh, he, he tried to be brave with the substitutions. You know, Patch, you, you said at the start about we we get a banks today because it was a permanent appointment and and we didn't. So if I'm being generous is a five, if I'm being autocritical is a four because it was a four one and we were very, very second best. But again, a lot of youngsters, a lot of players that just seemingly don't give a toss for want of a better phrase. So I'll go five for him. Okay. I uh, I was just going to say I, I I wonder about the value of scoring him. If I'm being honest, I think he's just looking at the squad. Good. I think yeah, he's good looking show. at he's, yeah. he's looking at what he's got. Um, yeah, you know, there's only one more game left now, um, and then he's got to make some decisions over the summer. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I don't I don't really think I don't think much many of the substitutions were necessarily tactical. I think yeah. um, it, it was more just looking at players. Brilliant. Okay, we're going to wrap it up there. Um, one more bonus show post-match reaction to come, but still lots to come from Three Peeps in a Podcast. Next week, we've got Robbins Reunited, Lee Matthews, Lee Peacock. And then after that, it's looking like it's going to be Jamie McComb and Alex Russell um, after that. But obviously, Three Peeps in a Podcast, a regular show as well. We've got some great guests coming up on there, uh, notably Jolly Hog. So if you've ever had a Jolly Hog sausage or bacon or anything from the from Sainsbury's, we'll be getting the three brothers on the podcast to talk about the story. Um, and obviously, there's the, the, the pigsty restaurant down on Wapping Wharf. Um, so do tune in to have a look at that. Um, so, yeah, that's it, really. It's um, it's uh, onward to, to next week. And we'll be back. But for now, thank you very much, Steve, for joining us. And Matt, we will speak soon. Yeah, okay, mate. Cheers, all. Take care. Thanks, everyone.